Hi, my name is Ronnie Grayer, and this is the Monthly Safety Podcast for August of 2012. First, a little bit about me. I've been a Greyhound driver now for the past 21 years. I've been in the driver instructor program for the past seven, and I currently drive out of Syracuse, New York. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome new listeners. As always, previous episodes are available to both listen and download, and I'll give you that information at the end of the podcast. So a lot of stuff going on this month. We haven't spoken in a couple of months. It's been a busy summer and continues to be. A lot of road work out on the road. Uh, Be aware of that. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, First, I wanted to talk about a bulletin that came from the safety department last month that talks about hours of service, recording, and retention. I'm going to read it, and then we'll talk about it. Alert, Greyhound requires that all drivers retain 30 previous days of logs, not just seven as required by the DOT. As professional Greyhound drivers of a commercial vehicle, you're required to maintain a logbook to record your hours of service. The hours of service are regulations issued by the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, or FMCSA, governing the working hours of anyone operating a commercial motor vehicle in the United States for the purpose of interstate commerce. Although DOT requires seven days of previous logs, Greyhound still requires all drivers to carry the previous 30 days with them while they are working. These rules limit the number of daily and weekly hours you can spend driving and working and regulate the minimum amount of time drivers must spend resting between shifts. Question, what conditions must be met for a commercial motor vehicle driver to record meal and other routine stops made during a tour of duty as off-duty time? Guidance, the driver must have been relieved of all duty and responsibility for the care and custody of the vehicle, its accessories, and any cargo or passengers it may be carrying. If the driver has been relieved from duty, as noted in the above, the duration of the relief from duty must have been made known to the driver prior, prior to the driver's departure in written instructions from the employer. During the stop, and for the duration of the stop, the driver must be at liberty to pursue activities of his or own choosing and to leave the premises where the vehicle is situated. Based on the above listed FMCSR 395.2 definitions, drivers that operate a schedule that has a layover at a location to wait for the second part of their tour of duty must log the layover time as off-duty. Also, drivers operating passenger carrying commercial motor vehicles traveling at the request of the motor carrier but not driving or assuming any other responsibility and receiving at least eight consecutive hours off-duty when arriving at their destination must be considered off-duty for the entire period. This is in FMCSR 395.1. Alert, Greyhound requires that all drivers retain 30 days, 30 previous days of logs, not just seven as required by the DOT. So let's talk about that for a second. Couple of things here to note. First of all, in the first part, it talks about carrying your previous month's book with you, basically. We should all be carrying our previous month's logbook with us, and it's especially important in the first seven days of the month, obviously, uh, but certainly carry it with you all the time. It's a good idea. It's not a very heavy thing. It doesn't take up a lot of room in your bag. And uh, the company is checking uh, drivers to make sure they have their previous month's book with them. We've had several instances where drivers have reported for work within the first seven days of the month and not had their previous logbook with them, and they've been pulled from service and in some cases fined as well. So please make sure that you carry your previous month's logbook with you. Make it a habit. You don't have to carry two or three, but carry the previous month's book with you. 
The next thing that we talked about there was recording your meal and rest stops, and primarily we're talking about uh, layover in between different parts of a run. If a driver has a run, for example, from City A to City B, and their next trip is in three or four hours, they have that time to themselves, that time should be logged off-duty as I described earlier. It's clear some drivers log that on duty, saying that once they come to work, they stay on duty all day. But this is not correct. If you've been relieved of all responsibilities, you have a return to work time, you're free to pursue your own activities, and you have a place where you can get some rest, which you generally do, that time should be logged as off-duty. The last thing that we've talked about here is proper logging of DHOC. When a driver is riding at the direction of the company, we call that DHOC, deadhead on cushion, padding, cushioning, whatever you call it. If that time is immediately followed by eight or more hours of off-duty time, it is to be logged as off-duty. It's not a discretionary thing. I actually did check that in the DOT book myself because it seemed a little bit ambiguous to me. But in fact, the safety department is correct. Al Smith issued this memo, and the bottom line is, if you are cushioning, and at the end of that cushion you have eight or more consecutive hours of off-duty time, that DHOC must be logged off-duty. There's no question about that. If it's not followed by eight or more hours of off-duty time, then we're certainly going to log it as on-duty not driving. But let's make sure that we log correctly, we're in compliance, and that'll keep it simple for everyone. Okay, let's move on and talk about... Uh, pre-trips and M7s and the CSA. CSA 2010 has changed the landscape for drivers as well as for the company. Um, certainly we know that with the CSA we've seen increased roadside inspections and we've seen for the first time both the company and the drivers being accountable for uh, any deficiencies found during roadside inspections. Some of these are routine inspections and some of them are based on cause. So we have to be really careful, and right now there's a lot of scrutiny on the bus industry. Uh, Megabus has had several high-profile incidents in recent times. We had just the other day a bus uh, front tire failed, and the Megabus collided with a bridge support, and one person was killed. It's a terrible tragedy. Um, they also struck a pedestrian with a mirror in Chicago just a couple of days ago. And all these things, in addition to what's been going on in the bus industry, with certainly with curbside buses and buses in general, are going to continue to bring scrutiny to all of the buses, including Greyhound, and we need to be prepared for roadside inspections. So things like doing a proper pre-trip inspection um, and completing your M7 properly are very, very important. When you go through a roadside inspection, as a driver, the first thing that they're going to do is ask to see your logbook, your medical card, your driver's license, and certainly your M7 and your vehicle inspection report is very important. So when you do your pre-trip, make sure that you do everything. It doesn't take long. 10 to 15 minutes is all it should take you to do a complete pre-trip and an air brake test. Yes, that is something we should be doing on a regular basis. We had a driver recently um, in a city in the Northeast, I don't want to be too specific, who uh, completed his trip, was driving his coach to the garage from the terminal with no passengers, and he was stopped and an inspection was performed on both the driver and the bus and the inspectors found two deficiencies one seems relatively minor that some of the emergency windows were not labeled and that was a violation but the other one was that they found a significant air leak in the bus and that bus was put out of service on the spot 
maintenance had to come and repair it on the spot, they would not allow that bus to be driven. And that driver received two violations which go into the CSA database. Now does it go to the company? Does it go to the driver? That's a separate issue that I don't want to get into right now, but I will say that drivers are required to perform a complete pre-trip inspection every time you drive a bus before you drive, including an air brake test. And that means that if you're moving a bus, in some cases in some cities in the Northeast we have shuttle, we move buses for other drivers, you should be doing a pre-trip and completing an M7 before you drive that bus. And again, uh, I have to stress this proper pre-trip begins with paperwork, checking things like your blue book and your previous driver reports and going around and doing your pre-trip, all the things that are involved. And when you finish that pre-trip, complete that M7 legibly, neatly, checking all the correct boxes, making all the correct notations. If you find a safety-related defect, stop. Get a hold of a maintenance supervisor or get a hold of MRD. These things have to be addressed. We want the coaches on the road to be operated in a safe manner and safe operation begins with a complete and proper pre-trip. So please be careful with that. Next I want to talk about a bulletin from the safety department also from last month uh, and it talks about side swipes. I'm going to read this and then we'll talk about it. As professional coach operators you are held to a higher standard and expected to operate the coach in a safe manner at all times. It is important to know that driving to prevent a collision means more than observing traffic laws, being alert, and driving skillfully. Professional drivers must constantly practice defensive driving. This means that they drive in such a way that they can defend themselves against the situations often caused by other drivers' mistakes that cause collisions. The defensive driver anticipates and prepares for the reckless, careless, or unexpected actions of other drivers or pedestrians. The defensive driver expects other drivers to violate traffic regulations, not to look before pulling away from a parking space, to fail to observe a stop sign or other red traffic signals. This enables them to avoid a collision because they have anticipated the careless acts of another driver. Defensive drivers also adjust their driving to meet the changing hazards of weather, roads, traffic, and other conditions. Sideswipe collisions happen when two vehicles are traveling next to one another in the same direction and the sides of the two vehicles make contact with one another. Sideswipe collisions often happen when one driver makes a lane change without first looking to make sure there is no car already in the other lane. Other times a driver may carelessly drift into another lane because the driver is not paying enough attention, whether the driver is texting, playing with an iPod, talking on the phone or with a passenger, or is just too fatigued or intoxicated to be behind the wheel at all. It is extremely important that you set your mirrors properly on each trip to maximize your view around the coach. Improperly set mirrors are a direct cause of collisions. Many sideswipe collisions occur where two lanes merge, such as interstate on-ramps. If a driver does not make sure there is enough space to safely merge, or if another driver quickly changes speeds and takes away that space, a collision is likely to happen. Injuries in sideswipe collisions can be severe. Vehicles are generally designed to give the most protection against head-on and rear-end collisions. For example, the front and rear of a vehicle may have bumpers to reduce the force of an impact, and there is little space between the side of the vehicle where the impact occurs and the passengers inside. In addition, sideswipe accidents often lead to one of the vehicles being knocked into more collisions with guardrails, concrete barriers or trees, and signs along the road. Always follow your professional driver training and remember defensive driving is the best way of arriving alive and have a safe trip every time. And this is from Lynette McMillan, the 
safety manager for uh, districts one and two regional safety manager we thank her for that so please be careful drivers again before you begin to drive we've talked about this on the podcast as part of your pre-trip always make sure that your mirrors are set correctly don't rush don't get in the seat and say they look fine i'll go and remember to adjust your seat first for comfort so you can reach the pedals correctly and you're not fatigued you're not stressing your body and then you adjust your mirrors correctly this is very important and this is something that some drivers fail to do they get in the seat they're in a little bit of a hurry and they begin to drive and the mirrors aren't set correctly so make sure you adjust your mirrors now some of our buses have remote mirrors and some do not but either way make sure that those mirrors are set correctly before you leave and one other thing I want to mention there is only one proper mirror setting there are drivers out there that feel that there is a city setting and a highway setting this is not true your mirrors should be set correctly your mirrors uh, based on the settings that we've learned in our driver training if you're not sure check with your supervisor manager or driver instructor and there's only one proper way to set your mirrors so that you can see in all situations we don't have different adjustments for city driving and highway driving now another thing I wanted to talk about which we've talked about before on the podcast is following distance and keeping a proper space cushion now we've talked about the Smith system the five keys the space cushion system of driving that we've incorporated here at Greyhound and um, this is something that a lot of drivers are not very careful with in some cases following distance you have to control the space around your bus you want to maintain a space cushion at all times on all sides and the easiest place to control that space is directly in front of your bus you have complete and total control over that so that means that we as drivers need to maintain a sufficiently safe following distance under all conditions whether it's traffic weather or different road surfaces whatever it is we want to make sure we have space and keep that space in front the minimum safe following distance under the best conditions is going to be six seconds have you checked yours recently have you counted it off are you following too closely check these things that space in front ensures that you can stop even if you are momentarily distracted should traffic in front of you come to a stop there is no reason that we should not be able to stop and make contact with any vehicles or any objects in the front so please ensure that you have the proper following distance and if the traffic is heavier if the weather changes if the conditions deteriorate if there is road work reduce your speed increase your following distance maintain that space cushion around your vehicle for a safe and pleasant trip every time now I'd like to uh, read a letter that we've gotten about one of our drivers and this made me feel really good because as some of you know I work at the school in Atlantic City helping to train new drivers along with a fantastic driver training team that we have and it's always nice when we get letters about our drivers commending them and certainly when it's a new driver it makes us feel even better and here's a driver uh, excuse me here's a letter um, addressed to a supervisor in New York about one of our drivers who probably had not been working for two or three weeks at this point and one of his passengers he made such an impression upon that they wrote a letter I'm gonna read it and it reads as follows on May 15th 2012 I took your 12 p.m. bus to Washington DC this is from New York I'm pleased to say that one of your new bus drivers whose name is Mr. Joe Nask did a great job driving to DC I think it's important for me to let you know this because I felt very safe and the ride was smooth I knew this driver was new to your company only because of the color of his uniform it was a nice day out and I was enjoying my bus ride to DC 
I noticed he was very careful and concerned about the safety of others who had a flat on the highway. Mr. Nask made sure he blew his horn before passing the disabled vehicle. I do believe that Mr. Nask is and will be a great asset to Greyhound. Mr. Nask should be acknowledged for the great services that he provides to his customers. And this is just wonderful. The passenger actually noticed that our driver had a great attention to safety, both uh, the passengers on his coach and the vehicles and pedestrians and drivers around him as well. And this is just fantastic. And of course, this reinforces Smith's system key number five, which is make sure they see you. Don't be afraid to use your warning devices. Uh, and one of those devices is a horn. And many drivers are hesitant to use their horn. A friendly tap to get someone's intention will not get you in trouble. It will not get you ticketed. I have heard drivers tell me that in certain cities, particularly in Manhattan, that the signs say no horn blowing, but a friendly tap will not get you in trouble. In fact, many people will appreciate you making them aware of the presence of your coach. So please don't hesitate to use your horn as appropriate and as we've all been trained to do. So I'd like to uh, wrap it up and just say uh, in summarizing, we've talked about quite a few things on this particular episode, including the hours of service, logging rest and meal stops, as well as layover in between trips. We talked about proper logging of DHOC. Again, if that DHOC is followed by eight or more hours of off-duty time, we should be logging it as off-duty. There's no question about that. Uh, carrying your previous month's logbook with you is very important. Always make sure you have the prior month's book. Make sure you do a proper pre-trip. Don't rush that. Don't shortcut it. Don't run around the bus real fast and say everything looks okay. Uh, and complete your M7 properly before you depart so that if you do find yourself going through a roadside inspection, you will be confident, you'll be prepared, and you'll come away with no violations. We talked about side swipes and proper mirror adjustment. Please be sure that your mirrors are set correctly before you begin to drive. And if anything should happen along the way to cause those settings to change, please stop and adjust your mirrors so that you have the proper visibility and you can operate safely. We also talked about following distance and space cushion, and this is very, very important. Make sure that you keep space around your bus at all times. Don't be afraid to back off if you need to. Now, if you'd like to listen to or download previous episodes of the podcast, the easiest thing to do is to visit my Facebook page. You can search me on Facebook at Ronnie Greer, R-O-N-N-I-E-G-R-E-H-E-R. -E -E you can send me email at Ronnie, R O. N-N-I-E-13211 at gmail.com, and I will send you the link. Everyone have a safe and pleasant trip, and we'll talk to you in September.